What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Bluff. Gabe Coon, what's up, brother? Episode 51, baby. 51. Yeah, man, nothing's up. Nothing Nothing is up. Nothing is up in the world of of Gabe Coon. I'll tell you one thing. It's cold outside. Yeah, it is. I do not like that. I wore wore a t-shirt in the studio today. Crazy dude. I'm still not ready. Um, I gotta, I gotta get all my winter, winter clothes, my winter collection out. Yeah, I'm basically done with being outside at this point. It's really? Way too cold for me now. Any, once it gets under like 55, I am done. I was thinking back to my playing days, and there's like I used to hate it because like oh Lyman, there was always like the you know people gatekeep sleeves. Oh like, yeah. Do you know that? Like where they're like oh Lyman can't wear sleeves. Oh line coach, strength coach would be like. No you come sleeves. out with sleeves, they're like you're you're soft. Yeah, I, I, it, it, this type of weather throws me back to that, and I was they always hit you the with the grow up. Yeah, the grow up, yeah. grow sleeves, grow, grow up, up. grow up. Yeah. You're yeah. a man now, but no, I need to wear some sleeves, man. I need to wear, I need to not get a cold, to yeah. my seasonal cold. You're not an offensive lineman anymore. I no, I, dude. Once an offensive lineman, always an offensive. He's lineman. got that offensive lineman mindset still. You're not an active offensive lineman. What do that? you mean by that, Kenny? What do you, what What do you mean by that? You're a dog, bro. Okay. Do you think so? Yeah. I think Gabe is more has like a more skill position mindset. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. What do both of you mean by this? I'll like, tell where, you. One, you, you know, know, can you we know find exactly, common ground you know exactly here? You know what, what it means? means? Let me tell you what it means. It means if you have an offensive lineman mindset, you're not a. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! What? You're bringing that. You're bringing that word to the air. That was brash. That's not. That's, that is. That, what are we talking about, Kenny? <laughs> Kenny just says stuff on this he show, did. man. He just like we need to mute. he brings it straight to the air. We to, at least to start the show, maybe mute his mute his mic. His mic. I'm the one in control of my mic. That's true. You brought you brought the <laughs> word to the show. <laughs> Grow did. up. Grow up, man. Good God. <laughs> I don't even this? know. I don't even know how to. I don't transition like. How do we transition from that? From that? <laughs> no idea. Um. My gosh, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny just starting starting. Hot. You had a good weekend, though. How about that? Yeah, did. I had a good weekend. Good to hear, brother. Yeah. Good to hear. Yep, I had a good weekend. Did you yeah, have a good weekend? It was all right, man. Nondescript. It's very, yeah. It's Real, good that you're too, like, you're, you're to weekends now where you can actually relax and chill. Oh, yeah, that is that is a definite positive of getting through my wedding and not all having anybody else's weddings, weddings until, like, next year. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't have anything to tell Because you missed a lot year. of football this year. Yeah, I did. I sure did. But now you might be home free. Yeah, I watched a lot of college football on Saturday, I must say. What about Sunday? A little bit. Just a little bit? Yeah. I, I, I was doing things around the house for the first half of the day, so I didn't really, weirdly enough, didn't get to sit and catch the noon slate at all. I just sort of got to there to like the 3, three o'clock slate. Dang and then Sunday night, Sunday night football. Have you invested in the um, – Football. Have you invested in the um, – the uh, Sunday ticket where you can just watch them all, or do you just? Have I have so moment? I actually, you know, I'm about to uh, I'm about to name drop here. Shout out Xfinity. Um, I have an Xfinity deal, an endorsement deal at the station, and they have hooked it up. I have like NFL Red Zone and like all ESPNU, ESPN News, where I didn't have it before because nice. I have a, a nice little endorsement deal with them. So that's been nice. I ha- but I have Red Zone. I have the Scott Hansen treatment. Yeah, going for me, which is. What do you think about Red Zone? I love Red Zone. I do too. I do, but sometimes I want to see more of the game at a time. So that's so th- that's my own. That's the, obviously the, the the big drawback. I'll tell you the way me and my friends do it on the weekend, right? So TV inside, TV outside, and he has Red Zone and Sunday ticket. 
So with the Sunday ticket, you can do like quad boxes where you can pick like multi view games. So That's inside, beautiful. usually we have red zone going, and then outside we'll have like four games in a quad box. Usually with like where the majority of our fantasy players are playing or bets lie, so that's that's how we do it. And so that's kind of the, to me that's the, that's the best way to go that because is good. you if you want to watch red zone and you want to catch every touchdown, just, just catch all the touchdowns and stuff. You kind of chill in there and do that. And if there's specific games you want to watch, then you, then you go outside and you check out your specific games. football season. Minimum amount of TVs that should be out and 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 in use. Two, two is bare yeah. minimum. Bare minimum. One is well, yeah. It's not nearly. Although enough. ESPN has done a really good job with their uh, with their app, if you have ESPN Plus, you can do the quad box yeah. as well with like college football, right. which is nice, yeah. very nice. You I can do. It. I mean, you can do that on with YouTube TV also. Like yeah. you can do multi view games. So yeah, yeah, the YouTube TV with not to go against Xfinity. I know you're. No, that's fine. Locked in with no, them, but that's cool. Um, yeah, the, to have the red zone and. Sunday ticket, and then what they the YouTube TV does like the multi views with college as well. So right, it's it's pretty solid. Yeah, it's hard to beat. But yeah, shout two, out Xfinity though. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> shout out. But yeah, two two TVs bare minimum. One is just it's you're not getting enough. It's blasphemous. It's blasphemous. To take a it's behavior. Yeah, yeah. Behavior. Yeah. You need to grow up. Yeah. See, if you only have one TV out, grow definitely up. Definitely grow up. Definitely grow up. Kenny, what? Aren't I'm scared of whatever you're about to say. Aren't y'all glad I introduced this word? So now that it's <laughs> not at all, not at norm? all. It's not. It shouldn't be a norm. Okay, I'm. It sorry. should not be a norm. I think we should nip it in the bud right now. You're acting like you don't like that word. I like it off air. <laughs> okay. I don't want to say it to the people out there okay. and put it in their, their vocabulary. I just don't think it. You know, it's not a nice thing to say all the time. <laughs> but pretty funny. It, <laughs> it can be it's pretty funny, and it can cut deep as like an insult. I mean, I mean, it's just it's it's just one of those words. It should just, only cut deep as an insult if someone's actually doing the true meaning <laughs> of the word. Yeah. Then it cuts deep. If you're not doing that, and you're just <laughs> and you're just showing that maybe behavior, not, maybe not cut cut deep, but it's just like it's a hard hitting oh, word. You're right. It's like a, it's just like yeah. a, it's a punchline. No matter yeah. when you say it, it means something. It yeah. just yeah. you feel it a little more. That's yeah. interesting. I'm yeah. with you on that. Well, I went camping this weekend. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> and how's that? Grow up. Yeah, grow up, dude. What are you, 14? <laughs> <laughs> well, it rained the entire time, mm-hmm. so that was miserable. How's your back? Um, my back is always messed up. It always hurts, so it doesn't feel any different than a Here normally. at the break, you can lay on the ground. I'll walk on it for Please you. Please do. I've been meaning to ask you. <laughs> Slipped your mind? Gabe, yeah. step on my back, Gabe. Yes, I will, I, will, I will walk on your back. We'll get that yeah. thing popped. No, it's cool, though. I mean, listen... Camping has lost its um, fun, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, for, for, for you specifically. For me specifically. Because it hasn't changed. No, 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 right, right, right. <laughs> camping is camping. Camping yes. is camping. Camping has stayed consistent. My, in my old age, advanced, you know, advanced age, I'm not a, I've realized I'm not a big fan anymore. You've realized it. I, it's this, this weekend. Trip. This, week, this, this weekend, this trip. I realized it. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you camp at? Uh, Petty Jean uh, State Park in Arkansas, right outside of Little Rock. Okay, <clears throat> we've gone there for years. We went there. I introduced the place to my to my family, like when I was in college, because we used to go there. Our college. I feel friends. like bonfire. Like if you're gonna have, you have to have a good group of, you know, good well, group of people out camping. Yeah, it rained bonfire, the entire time. Maybe a few uh, libations. <laughs> a few libations. Libations okay. is a great word. Um, 
I feel like that's how you have to have fun. I mean, if you know, it could be a nice family trip, but yeah, you know, I feel like you want to have a fun group. It was good. You don't want to be stuck with people you don't like for a couple of days out in the woods, sleeping in sleeping bags. It was good to get home because people can get really pissed off very quick at each other in that type of situation if they're not getting enough sleep. You can absolutely get grumpy in that <laughs> yeah, scenario. No, for sure. Yeah, you want to keep good company. Yes. Y'all say that. Y'all would have laughed if y'all had been in the car with me and Tracy on the way home. We were grumpy and annoyed with each other. So oh. it was. Uh, have y'all gotten over it now? Oh, yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Your voice got really high. Yeah. yeah know what they say? Have you ever seen Curb Your Enthusiasm? They say if you if you like if your voice heightens, you're lying. Most of the time. So yeah. he's, he's like, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's yeah, good. Nothing to see here. Everything's good. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, Kenny. I don't you, you, you got me questioning things now. I've been questioning things for a long time, <laughs> my brother. Don't put that out into the ether. <laughs> we put a lot out into the ether already. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Let, We're we, open books at this point. Yeah. Dude. We need we need to move in a different direction yes. and get on topic. Uh, <laughs> what about this weekend? What'd you think about Memphis Tigers? The North Texas Mean Green. That was, a, that was a Memphis played probably their best half of football in the first half. Yeah. After talking about the UAB sure. game, they played their best half of football Great. in the second half, which is when you want to play your best football. They flipped the script completely this week. They played a wonderful first half, thumping North Texas 31 like, like we thought they should have because seven and a half point favorites. I didn't think that was like that. that that's crazy. They should smash that. Looked like they were going to. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't bet on it because they did not smash it, and they only ended up winning 45-42. North Texas went on a second-half bonanza on Memphis' <laughs> defense. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, first half, great. Second half, all my thoughts, none of them are good. No. I have no good thoughts about what I saw. No. Um I thought defensively, the staff didn't put the defense in the best of positions. Although, in a lot of those situations, it's Chandler Rogers with a one-on-one with a wide receiver, and the DB is in phase in a good spot to make a play, and just doesn't doesn't make a play on the ball. You know, whether it's Diego Brumfield or whoever the hell was out there, just not making plays when the ball's in the air. Couldn't stop the run for some reason. Couldn't tackle anyone. Uh, offensively, couldn't catch the ball. Stopped running the ball. Um, you know, uh, you can act like there were some questionable play calls, I think, on third and fourth down as you got into the later stages of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Uh, but ultimately, like, if I'm just putting a, a tab on it, just awful, awful, awful execution all around. Yeah. And I know that's lame and cliche, but my God, how many times I, I had to watch Joe Skates drop a TD. I had to watch Demir Blankamsey in that fourth quarter drop two conversions, easy conversions that hit him right in the zero. Um, I watched the defense consistently miss tackles on easy inside zone run plays. It was just frustrating. It was frustrating as hell. But the problem is this type of thing has happened consistently in the past. Um, if this was the first time it ever happened, I don't know if we'd hear as much anger at Ryan and the staff. Right. Um, I think they'd probably aim it at players a little bit more. Hey, they didn't execute. But we've seen this happen so many times before. A Houston game last year, UTSA game two years ago. Several others mixed in there. We've seen this happen where they have these second half, fourth quarter, late collapses, and th- th- it just looked all too damn familiar. Yeah. No, I mean, I couldn't agree. Did they more. pull through? Sure. Yes. But, you know, it doesn't leave you feeling all warm and fuzzy and good inside. No, I mean, to me, the only 
maybe not the only because I think there's a couple things and I'll, I'll hit on my, I'll hit on them in a minute. But the biggest thing that it's like a breath of not fresh air, but just a relief, <laughs> I guess, is that they didn't lose. They didn't this crumble. Game. No, they crumbled. They just didn't lose. Oh, okay, sure. They crumbled. They crumbled. <laughs> they just did not lose. Yes, they didn't lose. They answered at the very end and, when they needed and, to. And, Seth Hennigan, yeah. shout out to Seth. That was one thing throughout his career. Name a fourth quarter game winning drive, yeah. comeback drive that he has been able to convert at right. this point, or a game tying drive. Mm-hmm. That's like the first one. Like that's a that's a big check mark, big monkey off the back to be able to execute in a time of need for your team. Yeah. We haven't really seen that from it. And, and imagine the conversations that would be, we'd be having right now if they would have blown that game and Seth wouldn't have driven them down the field and scored a late touchdown for them to win that game. Oof. Yeah, no, it would, it be, would be horrible. Very bad. But they pulled it out. That that game shouldn't have been nearly that close. They were clearly a better team. Second half execution was horrible, absolutely horrible. I do want to talk about Blake Watson, though. He's a freak. He's awesome. Three 50-plus-yard touchdowns. What can you say about that? I mean, he's unbelievable. Or two. Or are you talking about this season? No, didn't he? And the, yeah, he only game? had two. He only he had, had two, two touchdowns. Okay. But they were both 50-plus. One was from 65 out. I thought he had two rushing and a... No, he, he had 100 yards receiving. He didn't have a TD there, though, from what I understand. I'm pretty sure. Let's let's stat check it. You, you could very well be right, but... I'm pretty sure he just got kept out on that screenplay. I could be wrong. I'm almost positive, though. I'm almost positive. I guess we'll we'll find out shortly. He did not have a TD. He did not. He did so not he have a TD two. receiving. Okay. So he only had the two, but they were two big-ass yeah. runs. Regardless, big play machine. Yeah. I <laughs> Let's be honest, too. North Texas's run defense was all it was cracked up to be, and that was worst much. in the country. It was horrible. Yeah, horrible. First, or was it the third play from scrimmage was a 65-yard run? Yep. And it was, the hole was like, I could have run through that for 25 at the very least. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, the, that no, that defense was bad, awful. Yeah, Absolutely and, awful. And, it, and it goes back to something you were saying earlier. It kind of begs the question, why did they abandon the run? I don't know. I, I know, I know they ended up falling behind and stuff and, you know, maybe felt a sense of urgency, but... You know, you're talking about scoring quickly and putting points on the board. I mean, it was extremely easy to score quickly on the ground. They yeah. could not stop anything. They couldn't stop a running nose. No. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what to say, man. I just I this is the conversation I've had with a few people about that second half in particular. You see a lot of people who go after Ryan and say, Oh my gosh, you know. Uh, same old story, letting a bad team back in the game, almost losing or losing most of the time. They actually won this one. So people go after Ryan as a football guy, as a dude who just watched the players who watched that game with my eyeballs. I saw defensive players in positions to tackle a ball carrier in the run game. Didn't do it. I saw people in positions to make plays on the ball when Chandler Rogers threw it up for grabs in a one-on-one situations. They didn't make a play. I saw on offense, the mirror Blancomsey dropped two freaking balls that would have had you convert and could have put North Texas away. Didn't do it. I saw Joe skates drop a damn touchdown pass. He didn't catch it. Like in that moment, I right. saw 
a collective letting go of the rope. Now, I guess if you're going to go after Ryan, you'd say, we've seen this before. This continues to happen. He didn't have his guys ready to go. But I thought game plan wise, I thought they were in positions to go make plays. They just didn't make the plays they were supposed to. And that's frustrating to me. Um, And I guess like, you know, at this point with, with Ryan, when you see a comeback like that, it just almost becomes confirmation bias for a lot of the fan base. Uh, it's like, look yeah. at this. Look, yeah. here, this shit's here it is happening again. 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 Yeah. Right. It's like confirmation bias. But if you really watch that game, it was a, a collective letting go of the rope by a lot of the players actually playing on the field. And yeah. it was just, it was very strange to me. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference and you can, you can feel it in a game when it's coaching or being conservative or questionable play calls versus execution that where you're like okay the play the play call really wasn't that bad or I don't mind that decision that was made there it just wasn't executed or players were in the right position and you 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 know you think okay that was good coverage a good coverage scheme a good defensive scheme they were playing there and I feel like that was a lot of this game was everything looked Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I, I, I don't recall too many questionable decisions. There's, or calls. there's two calls that I'll bring up that I think also would, would they sort of offset with what happened after and everything else. But like, you know, or before the one was to rock Taylor that fourth and one try to throw a slant play just had rock. Hey, throw it to rock. That's clearly what was said right. before the play. And he didn't even come close yeah. to beating his guy off the line what we're not even with close. against the worst run defense in the country you know but this is yes i get that but on third and one brandon thomas brandon thomas yeah. got stuffed right so maybe you could argue about that as well but that sequence of events was one that bothered me the other one is kind of <laughs> strange like it was third and six you run a read option with seth stupid he loses a yard yeah. but then that was the fourth and six where demir got hit right in the zero on a hitch route right. and just Dropped, dropped it and did yeah. not we, you didn't get the conversion there right but that third down play i'm mad at and i guess i'm mad at that whole sequence with the third and fourth and one where right. they ended up throwing to rock brandon thomas couldn't get the one yard but outside of that like i see people doing the second guessing of oh why would you go for it on north texas's 40 at the end of the game fourth down i mean my thought process there is like chandler rogers this north texas team is going to score anyway yeah i don't care if you pin them I, clearly the defense is not making any plays right, right now. So let's try to put this thing away offensively. Yep. Let's just try. I, I'm with and you. then they had that. a chance to put it away. Yeah. He dropped him here. Blanker. He dropped another ball. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I don't get mad at that play call either. I like being aggressive right. in that situation when you have a defense who's clearly reeling and cannot make plays. And to only, and to only be able to bring up two play calls or two sequences from a game exactly. that you don't disagree with. I mean, I had no, there was no real clock management issues. No. He kept his three timeouts for 40, sec, 40 seconds at the end of that game. Yeah. Uh, guys got out of bounds and executed on that last drive. But before that, just on both sides of the ball, just drop, just let go of the rope. Yeah. So, Gabe, in this exciting extravaganza <laughs> of an end to a football season for the Memphis Tigers, who's up next? Is it Charlotte? South Florida. South Florida. Okay. Yeah. So, Memphis is back home. Look this at you, man. Florida. Look at this. I've just really, this exciting just, extravaganza made you forget who they're playing. I know. Next. I just I just had some I just had some Charlotte jokes, and I was just wanted to. Be are you wait, are you going to drop those next week? Yes. When we talk about Charlotte. Yes. Okay. But it's South Florida this week. Trickier than it should be. Like it doesn't. 
It, I don't. I'm not coming into this game with any level of like crazy positivity. You got put together a, f- a full four quarters of a game. You please. got a line. You got a line on this game. Uh, let's see. It's right here. Um, Twelve and a half. Tigers are favored by at home. So they should. They should smash that. <laughs> should. 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 Sure. But will well, they? Probably not. Yeah. Probably so be like a. Probably be like a. Four or five point game, something like that. Like, and by the way, like, have they even put to, like, they've put together quarters and maybe a half at a time. They have not put together a full, a full game. game at no, all. No, no. Because the the I think if I'm putting the Ryan Silverfield era in words, it's that you feel at times that you're headed in the right direction. You feel for a half of a game like, my God, this team could really be something. But that's it. But it's halves at a time. <clears throat> yep. And then they just let go of the rope and look terrible for another half, and you're like, oh, this is this is a disaster. Yeah. No, they ha- there has not been a full game this season where you went, okay, that is the team that Has we there been a full see. game the last two and a half years? It's a tough question. Not necessarily that I can recall. Wait. So, I mean, if we're just going through this, Bethune-Cookman, Arkansas State, I thought Arkansas State, they played bad offense. Just leave that out. Navy did not put together a full game. Mizzou, definitely not a full game. Boise State, they picked it up in the second Second half, half. but not a full game. Tulane, they picked it up in the first half, not a full game. UAB, awful in the first half. Second half, good, not a full game. North Texas, great in the first half, bad in the second half, not a full game. Have some level of consistency quarter to quarter, half to half. Right. It's it's mind-boggling. Now, Gabe, if you take the UAB second half, and, and the North, North Texas, Texas first, first half. half. Look at you. And you smash those oh, together. Oh, yes. That's a full that's game. That's a full game. Yes. And so they they outscored <laughs> North Texas 31-10 in the first half. What did they outscore UAB in the second 24 half? 24 to nothing, if okay. I'm not mistaken. So technically, not technically, <laughs> but in a, in a different world. In two halves of football. That could have been. Let's do some real quick math, guys. In two, in two <laughs> halves, I'm told there would be no math. That could have been 55. Um, 55 to 10. to 10. 55 to 10. And two halves of football. Hey. And they were consecutive. Look at you. Look at you just bending the mind to try to make it a positive. Yeah. No. Um, but four more games. Run the table or I don't think anyone's going to be excited. There we go. Yep. Don't disagree. Uh, but I will tell you something people are excited about, and that is the University of Memphis basketball program. They should be, too. They should be. You and I both agree on this, and we'll we'll get into it and talk about it. They played their first exhibition game over the weekend against Lane College. It was absolute domination, as it should be. 106 to 49. 106 to 49. Best players in this game, David Jones, Jordan Brown, Malcolm Dandridge played really well. Nick Jordan played really well. Uh, Caleb Mills added 11 points. This is what they were supposed to do. This is what it was supposed to look like. But... I think you, you, I, and Kenny as well would all agree that this team has the makings of a team that could be special. I believe that we all feel that they're being underrated nationally, and understandably so. We've we've talked about the reasons why. Yeah, it makes sense if you're if you're outside of the program or outside of the city, and you just don't have a beat on it as much. But this team could be really freaking good. This Andy year. Katz named him as one of his top ten teams that he's uh, his dark horses to yeah. potentially make a Final Four run, and I. Why not? I'm not going to say I necessarily would bet them into the final four, but hell, 
They have the makings of a team that is very successful in college basketball. They have a lot of experience, especially in the starting lineup, and even off the bench, uh, they look solid. And some of these freshmen impressed me. Carl Sharonfont and J.J. Taylor were picked to be freshmen or newcomers of the year. I don't know if that's going to come true. But Ashton Hardaway is one of the best shooters on the team. Right. Like, I, I want to see him in action. And they um, shot then we'll really start well from three in this game. Just nine overall. for 18. And yeah. then we'll start talking about, like, if Ashton Hardaway gets, like, real minutes, we'll talk about where he stands in conference as a shooter because Penny compared him to Tyler Harris. Yeah. But he says he's got some height on him. Like, this is this is different than what I've dealt with in the past. Like, right. he can really shoot the ball, so maybe he'll get minutes. But the biggest difference I can see is, okay, you can talk about DeAndre Williams and Kendrick Davis and whether or not they'd be the best players on this team. You could make that argument. But last year it was Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams. Then you were dealing with Elijah McCadden and Demaria Franklin. Keontae Kennedy. Keontae Kennedy and all these guys who were solid some games, but you can't rely on them. Right. I think when you go like 3 to 10 on this roster, you can rely on these guys substantially more than you did uh, a year ago with those for guys. Sure. You for traded sure. in Demaria Franklin, Keontae Kennedy, and Elijah McCadden for uh, Jaquan Walton, David Jones. Yeah. You know, Jordan Brown's there. Yep. Uh, who else? Nick Caleb Jordan. Mills, Nick Jordan. I mean, you just keep going down the list and you feel confident about all these guys and what they can bring to the table, way more confident than you felt about this team a year ago and the reserves they had. Yeah. No, I they're, they're role players. I, I completely agree. And I want to talk about David Jones specifically. He was really the standout of this game. And, and we knew when Memphis landed him what he is. He's a true two-way player. Very good offensively, very good defensively, not necessarily a selfish player by any means. No. Um, and, and he showed all of that on Sunday against Lane. And you made a pretty bold statement uh, off air that conference player of the year no, that's, is that's on the table for him. I mean, he had seven it's against Lane, 17 minutes, 17 points, eight rebounds, five assists, only took six six field goal attempts right. to do that. And this guy literally can do it all. And, like, the, 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 the difference that's going to separate him, like, I think it's going to be hard. For, like, we'll see. I think it's going to be – a different conversation, a little harder to project a tiger, any one of these tigers as a conference player of the year, because I think that there's so many guys that can get their game off night to night. And right. you don't know if the point totals are going to, if somebody's going to be a 22 point per game score. I just, I can't project that right now with how many bodies they have, how many able scores they have. Right. Um, but what's going to help him is on both ends, the dirty work, the stats he can accrue rebounding and assisting and, Doing all these different things, blocks at the rim, yeah, steals, getting out of the like that's going to help facilitate a conference player of the year, um, you know, nod for him. But we'll see how it all plays out because I think you do have to have the requisite scoring to be able to get an award like that. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Sasser wasn't the best scorer in the I conference. Get it. I, think I also he was don't probably, think he should have won it. I mean, yeah, we but, at length had that conversation last year. I get but, it. Best player on the best team, right? And, and that's. That's what that's could on happen. The, that's on the table for him, for sure. Yes. Um, um, but it was it was very – it's encouraging. But, Once again, like, it's what you should do, but it was encouraging to see. Though I, I think more so, and we talk about this all the time in games that aren't against quality opponents, it's more about what the product looks like yeah. as a whole rather than specific players yes, and specific exactly. moments and stuff like that because defenses are going to be way better. Players they play and, against are going to be way better, and we get that. But what they look like as a unit – 
I think is is always going to be what you can take away in a, in a game like this. And if you want to like, if you want to nitpick the game against Lane, the one thing I'd say is thirteen turnovers, not yeah. great. But again, against Lane and Javon Quinterly's got a minor injury he's dealing right. with. He didn't play at all, and he's going to be the table setter all year. Right. Um, and three of those turnovers came from uh, Caleb Mills, who had to be on ball more than he probably should. Right have to be on ball during yeah. the year unless there's injuries. So. Yeah, and that's another thing. This team wasn't at full but strength. Let me ask you this, just straight up. With how many guys are on this team, do you think without question, like at this point, you would project David Jones as the guy? Like David Jones is the headliner of this Tigers team going in to the uh, non-conference schedule. I don't think they have. I, I mean, I, I'm with you. Like I don't know if they have a, a true headliner that it's like, this guy they have, going, a, they have multiple. Yeah, they, uh, but, but multiple. it's like like you were saying with projecting points and stuff like that. I don't know if they have a single player on this team that's gonna go get his every night, and, and I don't necessarily think they're designed to do that. Yeah, and this is the conversation that we've been riding having. the hot hand type team. Is right. what it is. This is a conversation we've been having since the spring when when this was all coming together. And it was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, David Jones, could he be that guy? Yes, he could but be. Jordan the Brown could but Jordan be. Brown Javon could be. Javon Quinterly yes. could be. Yeah. Caleb Mills could be. Like, Jaquan Walton could be <laughs> on any given night. So it, it's hard to say who is, if anyone, becomes but it a does headliner. Feel, don't you feel that narrative sort I, of emerging? Like, Penny seems to love him. Yes. And David Jones, I'll give him this, got a really good personality, talks to the press really well. Yeah. Like. I could see I see this narrative forming right. around and oh is, David Jones is the headliner he's the guy for this team he's the head of the snake and that's this, the narrative but I don't know if that's the full truth of it right. I agree with you and this is a guy that hasn't even been here that long yeah you know I mean had to come in late and has played with the Dominican national team right. this offseason basically right. so like I don't yeah he hadn't been here long at all yeah but I mean prospects are looking good one more exhibition game before the regular season starts. What do you what do you think about these exhibition games against Lemoyne Owen and freaking Lane? I mean, I, listen, feed the hometown schools, like get some money, have in. fun with them. Does it get some money? Get, in yeah, they get, they get a little bit yeah. of money. It's like a buy game, right? Um, but all like you're showing them love, but 160 to 106 to 49 is just like damn. Yeah, you don't got to do that to those poor guys. No, but um, I mean, but then I, but also out. you're seeing more like. You're seeing more teams Bigger in the offseason. Tennessee played with Michigan State right. this this weekend. Like, I wonder if Penny goes down that road. I, I road, and I think I think he sort of mentioned it. It's a after I, the game. Okay. He said, "Yeah, I like these games because I get to play. You know, guys I know. We're very good friends." That's with what them. I, that's what I was about to say. Think about it from Penny's perspective. Perspective. It's kind of a catch twenty two because we know how. But lit. I know Penny wants to play a higher that's, ranking that's, exhibition, and, game. and that's what right. I'm saying. It's like it's like how do you make a decision on that because you're helping out these teams in the, in the hometown and we know how big he is on Memphis and yeah. just loyalty overall. How much does that money mean for them though? Like maybe a little I bit. I don't know how much money it is. So but I don't then really you, they come into the FedEx forum and you beat the yeah hell out of them. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I could see it going either way. I could see him continuing to do this because it helps people out and yeah. stuff like that. But also we know how he is about competition and playing a top level team before the season starts. It just makes sense, especially with a team of this caliber. And it makes sense with the way Penny's scheduling out of conference yes. games. Like to, you to, want to play to be, to be ready by the time yes, those games come. You need to, to know play what top some competition yeah, looks like. To feel that top competition, whether it's a win or loss, I'm not gonna freak out either way. Right. You can have some takeaways from it. But if you're gonna play Texas AM and Mizzou and all these teams and the battle for Atlantis. 
in the first two months of the season, yeah. then you're shit. Betting, I think it's smarter to to try to go schedule right. a big opponent in in the offseason. Well, then you're dang near better off just doing a scrimmage game like Kentucky did last week than playing a Lane or Lemoyne because you're not getting anything from that. Really, you're getting an in-game scenario. Yeah, but you're as far getting as, to play other guys. Right, but as it. far as a look against superior talent or just good Division One level talent, you're not doing that. So I, I almost I, think and, and I don't want to say you're setting yourself back because I still think it's good to be no. able to get live game reps, but I don't think you're putting yourself ahead as much because <laughs> – you're not ready for that level of co- not not that you're not ready. You just haven't seen. You haven't it seen it, yet. and I think almost like if, if you're gonna play a hometown game, like I don't know, like Lane is just they play they try like in there in D two, they play up and down, so it's like a bad matchup where you don't have anybody tall. You have this fast team that's trying to deal with another fast team, and the Tigers who's gonna try to get up and down right. and use athleticism like CBU is weirdly enough more of a challenge yeah. to go play because they're going to slow it down right. and run offense Bang. and shoot some threes and try to, you know, play very, you know, I don't know, slow, deliberate basketball. It just yeah. becomes more of a challenge that way. But against a team like Lane, it's just like the matchup's not there and the talent doesn't even come close to where you're really getting a real look. Yeah, You may be playing another team, but I don't know if that's giving you any – I'm not seeing anything from this. I'm not, I don't know how much I'm gaining from it. Yeah. Penny said uh, in the post game after the lane game, he was talking about that very thing. And he, he said something that I think has kind of caught fire in the city of Memphis and honestly kind of around college basketball. Um, and that's that he said, he said, listen, I'm, I've given thought to the fact that our non-conference schedule is so heavy so quickly because of our conference schedule basically saying that yes. the AAC is not strong, which is true. Well, he said it. He, they, 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 You assume he's saying that based on what he said about the non-conference schedule. He said the non-conference schedule is our schedule. Yeah. That, you is think, the, the, that is almost word for word, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. He said it's he our said. season, basically. It's our season, yes. So do you... He's not wrong. He's, I mean, not, he's wrong. not wrong. And, like, if you want to take... Listen, if there's, like, other fan bases or teams in the AAC that want to take that as, like... Some type a of shot. bulletin board material, yeah. take it. Who gives right. a damn? If you it's, need that, take it. But it's the truth. He's not lying a no. bit. And quite frankly, if I if I am a coach for the University of Memphis basketball team right now, I want all my guys to understand that. Yes. I want the, I want them to know, hey, you're coming up on non-con. That's the first thing we have to play. Not only is it the most immediate thing in front of you, but this is going to move your seed line. Yes. This is going to... Based on what we do in the non-con, who we beat, top 25 teams, how we do in the battle for Atlantis, that is going to tell us our placement by the time we get to the NCAA tournament, and that should mean the most to you And And it's the only thing that's going to move their seed line. Exactly. Look at at what FAU did last year, right, against basically this conference. Yes. Uh, Lost three games. This is CUSA 2.0. They lost three games all year. And they lost three games, and they were a nine seed. So if you're Memphis – you could go run that conference slate and play crappy non-conference teams and have lose that, one freaking game in right, conference and have yeah. that thirty-plus win record, <laughs> and you're gonna be an eight or nine seed. <laughs> but if you beat Virginia A&M. and Clemson and A and M and some of these top-level teams, whatever you do in the battle for Atlanta and stuff like that, your seed line will absolutely go up. Yes, and that's what you want. Yes, because you know how annoying it is to be a thirty-win team playing from the eight line, right? And having to play a one seed, <laughs> have to play a one seed right. in the second round. You want to, I, 
I'm almost glad Penny said that. Regardless of who it offends, right? I'm glad he said that because that tells me that's what he's preaching behind closed doors, and that's what you should be preaching behind closed 100%. doors. Yep, so we're talking about the NCAA tournament. We're talking about seeds where Memphis could potentially lie, depending on the record. Yep. We've got ourselves a number one seed. Okay. And I'm not talking about the University of Memphis Tigers. Potentially, not really, but potentially, who knows. I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about the guy, the man, the myth, the legend, all that cliche stuff. Our number one seed, Kenny Stubblefield. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to see on the other side what our number one seed, Kenny Stubblefield, has cooked up for us in the hot three. Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student athletes win in the NIL landscape. Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city. This Tiger basketball thing is interesting going forward because we like to say when we're patting ourselves mm -hmm. on the back as a community, like Tigers play in, you know, in a non-Power 5 conference mm -hmm. and they can still get 18,000. They don't get 18,000. People yeah. say that all the time still. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, the Tigers get eight, they get 18,000 a game. They don't. They can. Right. They don't ever. Not anymore. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Tiger basketball can never grab the city the way it once did. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up idolizing or at least looking up to Keith Lee, Andre Turner. Yeah. Penny Hardaway, Elliot Perry. Elliot Perry. Mm -hmm. My kids are growing up talking about John Morant, Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain. Right. They don't, my kids would not know any Memphis basketball player yeah. from this team, from last year's team. Yeah. And I just don't know if kids are growing up with it the way you and I grew up yeah. with it. It doesn't mean the same to them. That's something that university is going to have to figure out going yeah. forward. Tune in to The Anthony Sane Show, Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Did Trent Dilfer break bro code? You talking about with the uh, yes. QB? Yes, he did. Sitch? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say because we're not there. They said he just didn't pass protocol that day. So at what point did he take the concussion protocol test? I have no idea. But I will tell you that Ryan was not happy in the radio post game about it at all. Well, I think they're supposed to give you a list. And, and maybe they did saying that, hey, he's questionable. He may not make it. I heard nothing over Zeno not playing. Oh, no. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't until McMurphy tweeted it exactly. at, I don't know. Like literally as they were kicking 1030 <laughs> that he wasn't playing. I yeah. had no clue either. Uh, but yeah, Ryan was not happy. He said some of the effect of like, I will always remain to be open and let people know what's going on injury wise and who is playing, who's not sure. They throw a quarterback out there with full pads and a helmet on warming up and then don't play him. He was, that was obviously very, uh, annoying. Tune in to tigers untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 PM on the bluff city media, YouTube channel.
Discover a world of possibilities at Streetcars of Memphis. Revamp your ride with the ultimate auto transformation. From booming audio systems to eye-catching wheels, powerful lift kits to sleek drop kits, cutting-edge LED lights and light bars, we've got it all. Unleash your style with confidence. Feel the next level of auto care at Streetcars of Memphis. Your dream ride is just a visit away. Visit us online at www.901scm.com and let the transformation begin. I am the number one seed. Okay, all right. Thank you for my man. And I am not Purdue. I will not lose in the first round. Okay. Got you. Maybe the second. Okay. Maybe, maybe the second. Okay. I hope I hope not even that. But yeah. not the first. I got you, brother. Hey, what you got for us, Hey, man? this is the Hot 3, man, sponsored by Streetcars of Memphis. I want to um, say I, I really jacked up the uh, website last week on the, the show. I apologize, Streetcars of Memphis. Uh, Streetcars of Memphis is awesome. They're a locally owned, um, owned by Memphians car place you can go and get all of your just normal car stuff done but if you want to pimp your ride out man they can do that too they can put in all kinds of tires they can put sound systems they can jack your ride up they can do a bunch of fun stuff street cars of memphis check it out link is in the description link is in the uh, bio of this video go check them out street cars of memphis shout out to those guys for sponsoring the hot three Nice. Now, uh, they can pimp your ride like exhibit. Y'all remember that show? Oh, yeah. I used to I love, love that, that show. show. Although it was kind of funny. Somebody just needed like a regular old vehicle. And right. They put, and they're like, I'm going to put a Sprite dispenser in, yeah. your, in the middle of yeah. your car. Yeah. Actually, you have a fryer in the back of your car. Yeah. You have the least practical vehicle of all <laughs> Ever. time. Now. Yes. But it looks cool. It yeah. looks cool as hell. Yeah. There was a few of those where you watched and they'd be like, we, you just need a totally new car. So we're going to get you a new car. <laughs> yeah. Like, I saw one where this guy brought in. You know for a fact this dude went to some, like, dump and said, just give me a car. And this <laughs> yeah, is the one I ride in. And it was like two separate cars melt, like, molded like, together. Welded yeah. together. And uh, anyway, hilarious Just putting, putting up. Just, just putting up. This is what I drive in every day with my three kids <laughs> to work. <laughs> yeah, I bet my ride was a wild show. Exhibit. I saw him. Uh, he did a uh, halftime show for the Warriors this this past week, and boy likes his uh, likes his his, his food. He's, he's a, okay. He's did a hefty see, boy. He's a hefty boy. He now. got fat. He got fat. Yeah. There's a couple of guys. You see? Did you see like the was it the Knicks who did their like uh, former player celebrity game and Raymond Felton is oh oh was that, was that actually him? Yeah, it was, it was Raymond Felton. Are you sure? I swear to you. I thought right it was hand a joke. Up to I thought no, it was a joke. That is Raymond Felton. He's fat he looks as hell. Like a refrigerator. And by the way, speaking of exhibit, yeah. did you see? Was it Flava Flav who yeah. sang the? <laughs> where did he sing the national anthem? Was that in Milwaukee? It was where? in Milwaukee. He sang the they let Flava Flav. Who the hell thought? Who signed off on that? That's absurd. Flava Flav singing the national anthem, but he, even, funny. Even like 15 years ago, you'd have been like, okay, singing, yeah, but at least he's relevant. And now it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, most why Flavor Flav? Flav? Like yeah. what? Yeah, is he still a thing? I don't know. I mean, he, I know he's of. alive, and he is still no, Flavor Flav. You know what I'm saying? But it didn't relevant? Have, like no. he had the flavor of love. 
the show. Yeah, the, the show for were, a while. Those shows were Wild. a hot mess, bro. Yeah, of course. They were hot mess. <laughs> what do you, you say? These are like 20, mid 20 year old women fighting for like Flava Flav, who's 50s heart. Right. Like, well, of course it's going to be a hot mess yeah. and a joke, man. What are we talking about? <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Let's but get to that. The, let's get to the hot three. Enough. We're going to do a hot three plus one today, though. You guys ready for the plus one? Okay. I'm going to add it to the beginning um, of it. So you guys were talking in the previous segment. If you haven't heard the previous segment, go back and listen. You guys were talking about these super, super secretive scrimmages that these college teams are playing. Um, should Memphis do that? Should they stay playing Lane and LeMoyne Owen and CBU? You guys were talking about the whole topic. Right. FAU played two super secret scrimmages this past week. Played UNC in one, lost by 20. Then they played UCF a couple of days ago and lost by 14. Does this change the way you feel about FAU? Well, um, not particularly. Uh, uh, preseason scrimmages, maybe you're throwing out some young guys. You don't want to get Elijah Martin and like, you don't want to get those guys hurt. Um, but like, I, I'm. <laughs> Am I the only one who's just not? I'm not. I don't think they're a top ten team in the country. No, I mean, I we, just don't. I agree. I, I'm sorry. Like, I maybe I'm being you know disrespectful by thinking that you know part of their run to the Final Four could have been a little bit gimmicky. You know, getting fairly Dickinson in the second round, barely escaping against Memphis. If Memphis would have got a timeout and would have turned the ball over on that final possession of the game. Like and then you get Tennessee in the Sweet 16. Tennessee always loses at some point in the NCAA tournament. I mean, like part of it's gimmicky to me. Um, I do give them credit for getting there, but I I'm, I won't be surprised if they're a worse team than they were last year. Yeah, it's hard to stay at that type of peak. Yeah. It's hard to lose only three games in a season. Yeah, or four counting the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, Kenny. I really don't have a lot more to add to that. Gabe Gabe kind of nailed that one. So well, there we go. All right, so let's go to the... Uh, I talk too much, huh? Yep. I say too many words. Yep. Sorry, brother. Let's go to the hot three then. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, the Grizzlies have started this season. They, three. They've started yes. it. They've started. Know if they've actually, like, mentally started. But have yeah, they right. started? That's the, They've started, but have they started? They're 0-3. They're actually, right now, as we're recording, playing the Dallas Mavericks. Um, down by eight. Down by eight in the third quarter. Um, 0-3 start. What are your guys' thoughts so far, what you've seen from the Grizzlies? You have the floor since I over-talked you on that okay. last one. Um, we talked about this as soon as we figured out about the John Morant suspension, right? That yeah. breaking even, being at 500 after those games would be, a, would be a relatively successful stint. It's not off to a pretty start at all. 0-3, potentially 0-4. It's not looking good, and it's not just that they're losing these games. It just hasn't been a pretty product on the floor overall. I mean, I mean, getting your guys to play well at the same time. You know, we've seen different individual performances, but it just it hasn't passed the eye test. How about no, that? Gabe? I, I think that defensively they've been fine. Like Jaron's still there, three He's blocks a game, leading the league in blocks. I think at this yeah. point uh, through three games and. He looks fine. Marcus Smart has been ad as advertised, in my opinion. Yeah. Perimeter defense wise, um, but offensively, and I think he's second leading scorer right now, isn't he? Yeah. Just offensively, they don't have enough answers, and like the problem you run into is Des and Jaron 
cannot have off nights if no. you want to win ball games mm-hmm. and you want to score enough, uh, score score enough points to go win a ball game. So they're just running into this issue of not having enough good players on the floor or on the roster right this second. I had this question to bring up. Okay. And I brought it up last Friday. So the hurt, the injured list right now, um, the injury report reads, Ja, Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, their mainstays till Ja gets back from his 25-game suspension. But then you have Santi and Luke Kennard. The starting lineup has been Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Zaire Williams, Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson Jr. Which lineup are you taking? <laughs> Seven-game series, which lineup are you taking? I, I think, I'm taking the injury report. I, I think report. you have to take the injury You the have the shooting lineup. with Luke. And and Santi at three, which I think could be a relatively natural position right. for yeah, him. the playmaker. You have one. John Morant, and you have Stephen Adams and, setting John Morant's right. screens, getting second chance opportunities, and then BC, and then Brandon Clark getting second chance opportunities, lobs at the rim, yep. bunch of rebounding. Maybe you lose a little defense with that group, but that that team will. They I think score. that team would be very solid. They could score for sure. Um, but so point so, being, so uh, let me ask you this: What do you think? How much do you think? Luke Kennard and Santi coming back help this team. Oh, Jake LaRavia is off the floor immediately. Um, I think that would help everyone. Um, <laughs> I think he's been horrible, guys. Yeah. And like, if we, if we, like, we, we've been nice to this front office. If we're looking back at that draft where they offloaded D'Anthony and got David Roddy, who's a solid role player, but I don't know if his ceiling's high enough. Right. And then Jake LaRavia, like, that was a misstep. Yeah. Sorry. And maybe you're, what you wanted at that moment was a wing, right? You wanted a wing. Maybe you went too hard after it. Yeah. Okay. Hindsight 2020. That was a misstep. Um, but no, I think Santi would immediately give you an offensive punch um, and a rebounding punch as well, potentially because he is seven foot. Right. And then Luke Kennard immediately brings the shooting that you need. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like, I, the reason, the reason I pose that question is I just feel like Luke Kennard solves a lot of the issues that we're seeing right now. Yeah. Well, solves a little bit now the problem with him is before he even got hurt with the concussion he was counting preseason in the first game four for 23 from three i mean yes he has but been he, off, he but, we, but we, that's luke, it's, but it's luke Kennard is right. going to get back to his 40 percent right. three-point ways like right. i'm not going to freak out about that but yeah. uh i don't th- i think they have more issues than that i think they I, need i'm another not big. i'm not i'm not disagreeing with that i just think he I just think he helps a lot with the with the offensive woes that we're talking about, not only with the shooting, but with the spacing as well. I got posed this. If the Grizzlies, after the first 25, were 11 and 14, would you sign up for that right now? Or would you just, if, if, I, if you could sign up for it. it. This, Jeff Calkins posed this to yeah. me, and I thought it was interesting. 11 and 14, you can sign up for that now, you'll lock it in. Or, uh, yeah, or... I, or you just, just leave it, it up play. to chance. I think you lock it in. I, think <laughs> I would lock in 11. I think you lock it in. That means you're playing 500 ball and the then you bring the in, like, I think yeah. one thing people do need to realize is that after 20-some-odd more games, you're going to have a top 15 play- player back in the lineup. That helps a lot. A lot. Yeah. That helps yeah. a hell of a lot. Yeah. So um, I don't want to go full <laughs> sky is falling, but it is. they are in a very, very bad way right now because of all the injuries and the bad luck they've had. Now they did uh, after the first five games. They're going to sign my man Bismack Biombo. Yeah, I <laughs> I saw Sane say this, uh, Kenny, <laughs> and I agree with him wholeheartedly. I feel like he'll be a fan favorite as soon as he comes back. Not Instantly. only because it's like everybody's thirsty right now. Yeah, you know, give him a drink of First, water, yeah. and yeah. he's like he helps with what they need, but also energy, shot blocking, big Rebounding. man, rebounding, like all those things, the grit. 
You know, yeah. that, that endears yourself to fans. I feel like he'll be a fan favorite because I also remember when Joakim Noah was a damn fan Come favorite on, at right. the end of his right. career. Like, I know that Bismack Biombo is non-sexy of a signing as that is. I just know that Grizzlies fans will latch on to that guy yeah. and like him. Well, I, and he just does exactly what you need him yes. to do. Exactly. Again, like, if I'm in the desert and I need water, give me a, a you know. Yeah, something. Give me something. Give, yeah. me, a give me a cup of water. Sip. Yeah, give me a drop of water. Yeah, I think that's what, <laughs> just a drop of water is yes. pretty much what you're looking at here. But that's that's what this is. Um, I, I think it helps for the time being, but Grizzlies are just in a... This was, we had our window talk last week. Yep. When when the Stephen Adams news came down, yep. it's just you never know what can happen. Nope. Re- Brandon Clark tears his Achilles. Stephen Adams is games. gone for a whole year. Jaws out twenty five games. Things spiral on you. Yep. All right, Kenny. Next topic. <laughs> Number two, we had a. Uh, I mean, this fight was was billed as a big fight. Obviously, Tyson Fury the. Lineal champion, the heavyweight champion, one of the best heavyweight fighters probably to ever lace on the gloves. Fought against Francis Ngannou, who is the former heavyweight champion for the UFC. Um, Obviously, totally different um, styles of combat, mixed martial arts versus boxing. But Francis has been talking about wanting this fight for years. He ended up actually leaving the UFC for this fight. Um, that fight happened this weekend. Um, and man, Tyson eked out a victory, but what did, were your guys' thoughts on that? Did Francis win, though? Yeah. Because I want to get that out of head. Like, I think he won. I did, too. Pretty and, sure he won. And that did is, way more damage. Just if you look at both of their faces, Francis was not even touched up. No. And my man Tyson, uh, Tyson had great. a hell of a black eye. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I was very surprised by Francis and Gano in this fight. All of because you think about we've seen a lot of mixed martial artists transition transition and try boxing. Conor McGregor, yeah, Conor McGregor, Anderson Silva, Ben Askren. I know a lot of these have been in these kind of gimmicky fights, but Anderson Silva, even at the age that he's at, you expected him to look at least decent, and he really didn't. So then you pull out a, a big heavyweight like Francis Ngannou who is known for his striking, I guess, but it's more... He's got the hardest... His power. He's got the hardest recorded punch of all time. Of all time. So it, it, so he's more known for his power than his maybe his finesse Quickness, with striking yeah, his or boxing. his defense. Yeah, it's just overall boxing. So to see him go toe-to-toe with, as Kenny said, one of the greatest heavyweight fighters of all time, and in a lot of people's opinion, including ours, win knocked the his, fight. Knocked him that down got the sco- third. Scored a knockdown. Like, that's extremely impressive. And they're already saying uh, Eddie Hearn has already come out and, and said that he wants to see him fight Anthony Joshua. I would like to Man, see. I fight. would almost like to see this whole thing run back. Yeah. I, because I'm, I'm curious how it would end it. Like, because I know Tyson takes him serious now. Yeah. If he didn't before, now you do. Yeah. Because he clearly split, split decision. He Mike Tyson was there for his whole camp as like a coach, if you will. That yeah. clearly helped Francis in those moments. But the thing about Francis is he was never knocked down in the UFC. His chin is made of steel. You can't do anything. There was an elbow at one point that uh that uh Tyson Fury threw out there and like connected with him, yeah. Yeah, and I don't even know if Francis Ngannou blinked his right, eyes. Right. Like he just doesn't care. And, uh, like, a lot of boxers aren't used to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a guy who can just stand there and, and not be scared it. of your power and those fat gloves, the big gloves, and the slightest. 
Yeah. So like it, it's just it was it's a different thing. And altogether, if you get caught by even if it's eight ounce gloves, four ounce than eight. What are, what are the ones in I the think boxing? boxing is like ten. Ten ounce. Ten or twelve. Whatever yeah. it is, ten. Um, but even with the ten to twelve ounce gloves, whatever they are, like Francis has enough pop to put you on your ass. Well, and clearly. he showed that against Tyson. And um, I do want to say I'm happy for Francis and Ganu, man. He didn't like what was going to happen to him in the UFC. People can disagree about it all the time. Dana White sort of laughed in his face about doing the whole boxing thing. Um, and he but just secured the bag. He got the bag, and he's taken seriously in boxing now at this yeah. point because you went toe-to-toe, split decision, arguably won the fight against the best heavyweight of the last decade. Yeah, and not only did he get the boxing bag, he also got the PFL bag. So yes. Francis Ngannou is raking it in. Yeah, so you can... Whatever you thought of his decision at the time, it's worked out for him. Yeah. Is Dana White the biggest loser in all this? Because he came out and really said some pretty harsh things about Francis when that decision was made. I I mean, I, I I would say the UFC as a whole, because especially now, because the thing was, is that Dana was not gonna allow him to go box. If Dana would have allowed him to go box and he put up this kind of fight against Tyson Fury... That brings more eyes to UFC. Francis Ngannou is a way bigger draw now than he was before. Francis is now on an an international scale like he wasn't even before with just the UFC. Right. You fight Tyson Fury. Where were they at? Saudi. They're in Saudi Arabia. No. like You're an international superstar at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, yes, I, I guess Dana White is is clearly part of that, but I just say the UFC as a whole, they fans, lost. they lost money, viewership, all, all all the way around. The UFC lost on not having friends. And this dude, on the contract. like, man, this dude was like, well, he was in quarries as a kid. Yeah, homeless. Like, oh, his story. Good. Is it, is God, it di- I think it's man. diamond mines. Is yeah, yeah. His story is crazy. It's insane, man. Yeah. Like what he's had to overcome to get where he's at. It's just. I can't, I can't imagine it. Like, most people would just crumble under those conditions. Maybe dead already. Right. Do you think that uh, Francis stays in boxing, or does he go back to the... I mean, honestly, man, like, MMA is his sport, but he's fighting in the PFL. Like, does he go back and fight fights what? in the PFL, or does I mean, he stay? He's, 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 I mean, un, what, he's what, under contract what the, what, in the PFL. What's the, what's the Scarface thing? The world is yours? Yeah. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, he's, sure. He is now, he is he's now a, on that level. He's a made man. Yes. He can, whatever he desires to do outside of the UFC, because I don't know if that Dana probably holds grudges more than any other Dana, Dana, would, let, Dana would let him come. Back. But either way, oh, like, like Francis came back and said, "Let me come." Oh my god! He, he, but do you think that Dana would change his tune about yes. him boxing, yes. releasing him to uh, box? Maybe not. Maybe not releasing him to box. Possibly, potentially, but he would definitely let him come back and fight. Yeah, I just either way, um, the world is his. He he can do whatever the hell yeah. he wants going forward, and I. I love that for him because he seems like a down-to-earth guy. Yeah, he does. He does. All right, Kenny, last topic, and we'll get out of here. Last topic, obviously, NFL news and notes. Uh, Man, there's been some some of the mainstays, best teams in the NFL, man, have struggled over the last few weeks. 49ers have lost three in a row. Kansas City Chiefs have won, but they've just – their offense hasn't looked good. And then this week they got – taken apart by Denver. I mean, it's just a wild, uh, wild week of NFL football. Um, so I want you guys to talk about that, but then Christian's favorite topic. I want you to talk about how good Will Levis was this week. <laughs> Start there, buddy. Start there. I, listen, I 
Gotta say, there were some surprising things this week. I don't think this is the most surprising, but it's up there. Will Levis, what was it, 19 for 29, 230-some-odd yards, touchdowns. four touchdowns. Yeah. But it is kind of funny that the, it's the first time that a rookie has uh, thrown for four TDs in his debut since Marcus, Marcus Mariota. Mariota with the Titans. Yeah. Just kind of, um, it's not great company. To keep. Yeah, yeah. So, it But the other one was Fran Tarkenton. That's right. good company. And that is good company. So... I mean, I was I was surprised. Obviously, if people have listened to us for a while now, they know my stance on Will Levis, and I am not a Will Levis fan. I thought he was all you know potential, and maybe maybe didn't have it up. No top. real juice, beach body. And uh, this doesn't change my mind completely. Like I said, I was impressed. He didn't come out and throw three interceptions like I expected him to. He looked really good, and that deep ball. I mean, we we know he has a. Piss missile of an arm. That that deep ball he threw over top was unreasonable. Yeah, he. Ha- I mean, he's always had a cannon of an arm. So was that that one that one to DeAndre Hopkins? That was the DeAndre Hopkins. What yep. was the okay. last one that he threw? He threw over one the, to Akina. De- DeAndre Hopkins. He threw one to Nick Westbrook Akina as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. three for DeAndre Hopkins, which one. is cool to see, by the way, for right. him. Yeah, he, so. he said, "I feel like Gino." <laughs> People writing me off. Yeah. 128 three TDs later, I don't think we're writing them off anymore. Of course, Sam LaPorte scores. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, that deep ball he threw to DeAndre Hopkins was uncorked, and he didn't, yeah. he didn't have his feet set. Just moon and it was shot. Perfect. Yeah. Dropped yeah. It in so a it, impressive. Yes, I can't like take anything away from his performance because it was. We a, know it, that quarterbacking in the National Football League can be flaky week to week. Yes, it can. Okay. Yes, like, it can. We know Our when Titans film gets fans. out on you and what you want to do, and if you're right. targeting a guy so many times, right. like it can get flaky, especially for young guys. So I don't think this is necessarily going to be the end all be all. Yeah, it's and, one and, performance. And Atlanta didn't really know what they were. Yeah. Prepared where you know you're preparing for. Malik Willis and the way that the Titans played with him last year when they would run the ball 50 times a game when Malik Willis Underrated played. part of that game, though, that helped out Will Levis substantially is they finally got Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was running the ball well. I he think was. he had 102 yards. Yeah. 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 So, like, he, that was, like, the first time really getting getting him unleashed a little right. bit. So, that was Averaging helpful. more than, like, three yards per game. That was helpful. But, yeah. uh, no, good first start. Keep it going. We'll see how it goes. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers because speaking of quarterback being flaky week yeah, to week, in the I'm, National I'm old League. enough to remember this team being world beaters and uh, destroying my Dallas Cowboys <laughs> yeah, by 32 just, points. Wasn't that like three weeks ago? It was <laughs> four weeks ago. Yeah, that was their last win. And, and, <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and we were wild. saying this team is the best team in the NFL. They don't have any weaknesses. They have now lost three consecutive games to the PJ Walker led Browns. The Vikings in primetime last Monday night. And then this week, who did they lose it? Well, Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals. Uh, coming off a of bye. Bengals came off a of bye. Joe Burrow had his best game of the season. This Bengals offense that hasn't been able to move the ball all year consistently. Jamar Chase got his up game and off. down and up and down and up and down the field on what we thought was the best defense in football and the best overall team in football I know where you want to go straight to Brock Purdy. No, no. Here's, you got, you got I was going to say, we'll talk about Brock Purdy. But I think this is where you want to go with it, too. Okay. Like, it is Brock Purdy's one thing. Okay. Second year quarterback. He started, what, 11 games in his career? Or not 11. He's up to 13 now in his career, I believe. I think that's the number in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, Whatever it is. Right. Um, but what really just jumps off for me about these last three weeks is defensively 
they're just not the same team, and they're not missing anyone. No. They've only added. They added Randy Gregory. Right. And then subtract. Like, Fred Warner's still healthy. Dre Greenlaw's still healthy. Nick Bosa's still healthy. Eric Armstead. Javon Hargrave is still healthy. Eric Armstead, like, all these guys, Talano Hofanga, still right. healthy. Their entire secondary, still healthy. And they just have looked worse and worse by the week. And I think it was capped off by... Joe Burrow, 283 yards, three, three TDs. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I just find it I find and, it strange that their defense is regressing. Yeah, and, and if it was just their passing defense, you would say, okay, because, you know, Traverius Ward. Dem- Maybe they're not Dem- getting Dem- enough Lenore, pressure. And you're like, oh, okay, their back end's not necessarily the best. But Joe Mixon ran all over them yesterday, and the Bengals are notorious over the last three years for not being a good running team. And don't forget, Kirk Cousins is coming off a of 300. I know he tore his Achilles. Sad about that. Yeah. But 378 yards a week before. Yeah. I, this defense, with, with no Justin Jefferson. The defense is like, that should be mainstay. No issues there. You should worry about the offense with a damn Mr. Relevant at quarterback and some is and then some injuries with yeah. Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. I think that's almost more understandable than the way the defense is playing right now. Yeah. And Brock Purdy has not looked good. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> or as good. I mean, this is this was my worry from the beginning of the season. And people wanted to smack me down after the first five weeks because they were winning ball games. But I said, okay, take away a couple of these weapons. Have a little bit of injury issues. Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, that's what he's missing. Yeah. And he's thrown five picks in the last three weeks, and they've yeah. lost all three games. Mm-hmm. Why was he good before? Get the ball in Debo's hands, Brandon Ayuk's hands, George, George Kittle's hands, Christian McCaffrey's hands. Uh, let them go cook and do not throw interceptions and turn the ball over. That's all flipped on its head, and all he's missing is Trent Williams and Debo's hands. Yeah. Kind of, I, mean, I mean, when you're asked to take on more of the weight of the offense, when you have to be the center of attention, can you make the throws that are necessary to go win ball games? He's shown it's been a resounding no three weeks in a row. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Uh, before we move on, though, Christian McCaffrey, ridiculous. 13 touchdowns this year. <laughs> Scored a touchdown in, what is it, like 17 consecutive games now? I go back to – I know that people get worried about his, like uh, – Injury history. Injury history. But why was he not the number one guy in fantasy? He should have been. I got him at number three in two leagues. Yeah, it's crazy. That's awesome. Absolutely. I crazy. love it. I've been living life, I'm sure man. you have. I hadn't missed any time, 13 really. 13 touchdowns. Have you, seen the, have you seen the stats on if you bet on his first touchdown initially and you rolled it – or his <laughs> – to score a touchdown. Do you have them? Do you have them locked up in your head? What what do you what is it? So he scored a touchdown in 17 consecutive games, right? Yeah. If you started with that first game betting on him to score anytime touchdown and you used your winnings to bet it every week, yeah. you rolled it over. You'd currently be sitting at $1.5 million. That's depressing. <laughs> what was your start bet? What would be the start? I don't bet? remember. Maybe a hundred dollars. I don't okay, remember exactly what the start bet was. Probably at the very at least a hundred dollars. Probably. Yeah, you're not, that's wild. You'd currently be at $1.5 million. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, let's hit on that real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes reports surface of him having the flu. There was a lot of flu game, Michael Jordan flu game talk going around. <laughs> he had the opposite of a Michael Jordan flu game. Three turnovers looked absolutely terrible. Uh, Chiefs couldn't really move the ball much, especially in the second half, couldn't score inside the red zone in the first half and they lost to the hapless terrible horrible Broncos Denver Broncos well in a 16 16 game streak yes, you know how hard it is by the way though like 
16 games with a team that's in your division. Yeah. So you have to play twice a year. Beat, that beat the hell out of them. Last time that the Broncos won, it was Peyton Manning versus Alex Smith. Yep. Patrick Mahomes' sophomore year of college at that's Texas. <laughs> nice. There we go. Yep. Well, they, they finally got the monkey off their back. Um, Chiefs are a flawed football team to me. That yeah. doesn't make me think that any, like, substantially less of them. I still think they can win the AFC and win a Super Bowl. Yep. I think they need more help in the wide receiver room. Because if Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes aren't clicking on all cylinders offensively, they haven't looked good this year. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I think Rasheed Rice is is the answer. He's looked really, he's really good. He's their leading good. receiver. He's, I mean, outside of Travis Kelsey, yeah, he's, of he's looked their wide really, receiver. really good, but he's not getting like an elite level of target. He's getting like four but, or five targets uh, a game. Man, okay, sure. Rasheed Rice, is. The, if he's the answer, though, that's just that's, that's a, that's a lame answer. Oh, I, I mean, it's you not. You know who their second leading wide receiver in receiving yards is? Probably Scott Justin Moore. Watson. That's even worse. And he missed two weeks. Yeah. They, they they need wide receiver help, and McCole Hardman's not enough. I'm sorry. No, definitely. I don't care how familiar you are with yeah, him, but the a, reason they lost this game in particular, five damn turnovers. Right. Yeah, they, they, that'll do it for you. Yeah. No, it does make me laugh, though. Have you? <laughs> and I know that stats don't tell the whole story. Have you seen Russell Wilson's stats this year? Yeah, they're actually good. 101 QBR, a quarterback rating. Uh, 1,600 yards, 66% completion percentage, 16 TDs, 4 INTs. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty damn good, honestly. But then you watch it, you're like, oh, my Then you're gosh. like, it's a lame, yeah. It's just, I I, I don't think, <sighs> Sean Payton, I have a weird, like, it's kind of hard to talk about him because I think he's a great coach, but I don't know if he's adapted to Russell Wilson the way he should have, but he should get a little credit for turning around Russell Wilson yeah, it's compared to what whole, he was last year. At least stats-wise, it's been a whole hell of yeah. a lot better than last year. Uh, Hell yes. Yeah. No question about it. So I think he needs a little credit for that, but that team's still no good. No, absolutely not. All right, we are going to wrap it up and get out of here. We appreciate you guys for hanging out with us once again this week. As we say every week, head over to bluffcitymedia.co. Check out everything we got going over there. Articles, podcasts, all that good stuff. We're in, obviously in the midst of football season, basketball season, getting ready to start up. So it can be your one-stop shop for all things memphis sports so once again if you're watching youtube subscribe like comment all that good stuff podcasts wherever you get your podcasts uh you can subscribe is it subscribe subscribe something you can like subscribe. That. Subscribe. Yeah, yeah, subscribe 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 i don't know if it's subscribe subscribe you can leave a rating i know that you can leave you a rating you can be notified even a every, comment if you, a if comment. you want yeah you can be notified every week when a show drops so we appreciate you, you can guys. absolutely subscribe on spotify okay, yes there you go All right, so we appreciate you guys for joining us, and we will see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to On the Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports and how you can become an insider.